Could you talk about these four things that you believe every sales letter needs to close a deal? Yeah, great question. And this is big because these are not only you know, like four things you need to have in your in your sales letter. These are the four things that if they're not present in your sales message, your prospect literally cannot buy because their brain will refuse the sale. I'll just run through the four things. Hi, my name is Mac Fogelson. I'm the founder of MacWeb, and you're listening to my friend Ash Roy at ProductiveInsights.com. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to ProductiveInsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. Today, I'm delighted to introduce a guest that we featured previously in episode nine of this podcast series, and that was called The Blind Man Driving. We had so much fun chatting on that episode, and because it was one of the most downloaded episodes on this show, I had to invite this guest back. Our guest is a founder of CopyChief.com, and one of his many claims to fame is that he successfully conspired with John Carlton and managed to get Dan Kennedy to join him for dinner, which was an amazing feat. As I understand it, the whole thing was coordinated by via fax. Now, entrepreneurs all over the world have used these techniques to grow their businesses very quickly, not least of which is the 60-second sales hook. Today, I'm delighted to welcome the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Welcome, Kevin. Ash, it's good to be back, man. I appreciate you uh, having me and see what else we can squeeze out of my brain. <laughs> Great to have you on the show, Kevin. It's just absolutely excellent to have you back. So, Kevin, let's talk about copywriting and let's talk about why copywriting is so critical to converting browsers into buyers in today's digital age. Yeah, good question. Um, it, it's so critical because we're at an interesting place in the evolution of internet marketing where the the BS part is over, right? Like, yeah. the, you know, when it was like this new frontier, this wild west, not that long ago, things are progressing so quickly. Uh, you can talk to people who go, oh, you know, back in 2008, man, it was the heyday, you know, <laughs> and that seems like forever in internet years, but it wasn't that long ago. And, uh, you know, you could, you, you could just run Google ads to something and like people were flipping out over getting like this, this customized you know, specialized content and, uh, and, and I don't want to say falling for, but reacting to a lot of very rudimentary direct response tactics. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then, uh, you know, the powers that, that be at, at Google and then later Facebook, um, got really hip to, Hey, you know, we don't want people getting banged around and feel like they're, they're getting abused and, and, and sold a bunch of, um, not that there weren't people selling good stuff, but for a while it was just, you know, people, the marketers were having their way with the market. Right. Yeah. And whenever that's the situation, things are going to get abused. And so what used to be good enough, sudden now just looks like not enough. And, yes. and so we have a savvy, savvier marketplace now. And yeah. uh, so what's great about that is what works now is transparency, right? You, 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 we just live in an age through, through podcasting is a big part of that, mm -hmm. uh, where if you're hip and dialed in to what's going on digitally in the world, uh, you expect a level of transparency. There's like this, there's these rules of dialogue that are happening and developing between kind of like the kids that get it, the people who get it, right? Um, and, you know, for instance, 
I was just, I don't know if you're into the UFC at all, but they were just in Australia, right? Oh, yes, yes. I've watched that. Ronda Rousey fight. And epic fight. You have 60,000 people watching it live uh, in Melbourne and and, and, and uh, a, a, a million people paying to watch it on pay-per-view at 60 bucks a pop. So this is a big event. And on the plane ride home, you've got Joe Rogan, who does the color commentary on the fight, and Dana White who owns and runs the UFC sitting on a Qantas flight with an iPhone recording a podcast about everything that just went down Yep, and everything they do to market the fight going into it and everything like uh, what are the rules on, on who's abusing drugs and using steroids and, and all these things, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm sitting there going, Man, you would never hear this kind of conversation and like about the NFL, like a team owner or yeah. let alone like, you know, this, anybody, the commissioner speaking on. They're like more like politicians. Right. Mm. So you take a thing like the UFC because it's relatively new and you go, wow, you're going to hear the the players in that scene. All this formal crap is like out the window. That's going to be the new norm. It's like. Let's just tell the story, right? Yeah. And it's, it's it's a beautiful thing. And that's like, so that's the new expectation is like, how real can you make this? And how honest can you be about what's going down here? And don't put on a show for me. Just, I mean, you know, I want to be entertained and I want to be able to look up to you, yeah. but don't make it fake and don't, don't try to pull any, you know, little ninja copy track tactics on me you know right right and so like your transparency is the new norm it's really interesting kevin because i just interviewed a person called mackenzie fogelson from MacWeb solutions and she specializes in community building and that's exactly what she said she said Mm -hmm. that authenticity and passion and transparency are so important to building that community exactly what you said our consumers have become a lot more savvy now so don't try and pull the wool over our eyes be as transparent as you can because we're going to be able to see through it if you're not yeah yeah that's the thing and um it's just expected now right and if you're if you're not willing to do it and if you're not comfortable being in that position then um people are going to not respond to it what i hear you're saying then is we need to be a lot more authentic and transparent in the way in which we write our copy and communicate to our audience right yeah and i think it's interesting because the evolution of sales copy is that you had to learn all these rules and these ways of saying things just just right and have this big bold headline uh, and in order to get people to take action and some of those things still apply yeah but everybody was like so focused on learning that it's like and now suddenly the rules have changed and it's like listen cut that crap out and just have a conversation. And so now people are having to like learn to be themselves and, and be natural because transparency is not an instinct for a lot of people. Yeah. They, especially, you know, bigger companies and, and corporations, they're, oh, yeah. they're so concerned about image and totally, you know, they have these big mission statements and, and, you know, when they try to act real, it's almost you kind of cringe because it's so forced, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that's the big secret, the, the unfair advantage that small businesses and entrepreneurs have over their comp- their bigger competition is that they can just go 
right into a webcam and tell it like it is and get people to respond. So let's future pace this a little bit, Kevin. I'm very interested in what you're saying right now. So are we saying that going forward, the focus is not so much about the headlines and about all the rules of copywriting? What I'm hearing is you're saying copywriting is going to change and become a lot simpler. Is it going to be simpler and more transparent? How do you see it developing, evolving in the future three in the next three to five years? Um, well, let's just say this. There's not what copywriting will change as much as the way you people need to communicate mm-hmm. to, to their to their market, right? Uh, and so, because I'm thinking of, you know, if if I was going to train somebody, how, how do I create a good sales page or, or a complete sales pitch from scratch? The fundamentals of how to go about bringing somebody through that conversation to getting them to take action aren't going to change much. Like that's just human psychology and how we work. Yeah. Um, but the old way of expressing those things, uh, which are a little bit more maybe manipulative or hypey, like those things are definitely changing. And so in, on that level, you, yeah, it can be much simpler. Um, you need to say the right stuff and you kind of need to say it in the right order it's mm-hmm. really more about how you say it that's going to that's going to change the game. Okay. Well, that actually segues perfectly into the next question and that is could you talk about these four things that you believe every sales letter needs to close a deal? Yeah. Yeah, great question and uh this the, this is big because these are not only you know, like four things you need to have in your in your sales letter. Um these are the four things that if they're not present in your sales um, message, mm-hmm. your, your prospect literally cannot buy okay. because their brain, their brain will refuse the sale. <laughs> right. I mean, okay. So this is an, uh, un, this is an overarching framework for selling. Y- you could use it as that. Um, you could also use it as a checklist to go. If you have an ad uh, or an offer up somewhere that's not converting, it very well could be because one of these four things is, is not complete. Meaning there's, there's an open loop in your prospect's mind that you have not closed. And as long as that loop is open, they're not going to take action. Okay, cool. And so I'll just run through the four things. Sure. Um, Number one, and and the first two sound incredibly simple, but I'll explain why they're so essential. Mm -hmm. So number one is, what is it, right? And you're going, okay, well, obviously, um, what is it is important, but a lot of people you'll you'll see like a, a a video start or something, and they're rambling on and on and on about this is why we created this. And then me and Jack sat down one afternoon, and we and we thought, what do people really want? And you're sitting there going, that'd be great if I knew what 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 I what <laughs> right. I wanted because I don't who are you and I don't even know what you're talking about, yeah. right? <laughs> and so people get so consumed in their own story and their own yeah. purpose. That they forget to tell us, what is it? So they get really theatrical about it and they stage the whole thing, but they don't get to the damn point. Yeah, because, I mean, you just think like immediately, like, what's the first thing that's going to qualify for someone to continue paying attention? Uh, They have to have interest. They have to go, aha, you've got something I need. You're somebody I can relate to. All right, let's talk. And by the way, Kevin, this is something I must say, and that is I think today's currency is attention. I think attention yeah. is the new currency online, isn't it? Oh, man, it's, you, it couldn't be more well-stated, Ash. I mean, that's it is because it's so scattered, right? And it's so hard to come by. So you have to win it, 
you have you have to gain it. You, you, you have to you have to catch it. Then you have to earn it all the way through your message. Yep. You can't just like you know people go well. I've heard about these pattern interrupts. If you just start your your sales video with some wacky thing, this is a duck, mm. and his duck's <laughs> name is Charlie, and Charlie's going to teach you, and you're like that isn't enough. You know, like nobody's going to care about the duck. You got to make them. You got to keep earning the attention all the way through. You got like 15, 20 second spans uh, of attention where you better like be introducing new information and moving the story forward, just like a good TV show or a movie yeah. would if yeah. you want people to pay attention. So you're hundred percent right. So, so number one is what is it, right? Mm-hmm. What is it? Um, just in the way I design this particular training is how succinctly can you get these messages, right? So you may have to write out uh, a full page or two of notes to, to describe conceptually what this thing is and why you created it and to get all that stuff out. But then after you've done all that, what is the simple phrase that lets people know, you know, what this is? So mm-hmm. I'll give you a, like a little simple framework for that. What is it would be like, you know, it's a product description that helps customer avatar do benefit action by unique product feature, right? And like those are the blanks. It's almost like a Mad Lib. Remember those Mad Libs when you were a kid where you just fill in the blank? Yep. Kind of like that. So so for my site copy chief, mm-hmm. I might say it like this. It's a training series that helps product owners increase their sales by writing better copy with templates, exercises, and coaching from pros. Right. That's what it is. I mean, it could be way more complex if I wanted to be. Yeah. But if somebody says, "Well, what is it?" You got to be able to like hit them with the yeah. hit them with the, with the core meat of the of the topic, right? So, what it actually does, the audience that it targets. Can you run through that again? Yeah. So it's a product description. Yep. Right. So um, that helps. Who's the customer? Customer avatar. Yep. Do what? What's the benefit action? And then buy what? Unique product feature. So mine is, it's a training series that helps product owners increase sales by writing better copy with templates, exercises, and coaching from pros. Got it. Great. And and again, I had to like choose like, what do I want to talk about? So right there I'm talking, I chose it's a training series. I could also say it's a community that helps product owners, you know, make connections and learn from, from their peers but to me that, you know, I, so you might have two or three versions of what is it, yep. but at the core, it's about getting your thinking down to these simple fundamentals and beyond of, because I mean, like you said, people don't value uh, anything more than their time and attention. They love mm-hmm. to be putting it somewhere else. And everybody, have you noticed this in life? Like everybody's got short attention span syndrome now. Like, oh yeah. I mean, you know, people are, we're so addicted to our little gadgets and in, in this fragmented thinking that I notice more and more in conversation, you'll be in the middle, maybe I'm boring, but in the middle of a sentence, people will just blurt out something else as yeah. if you, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's just because that's how our brains are, are, are being trained to work. Like, yeah. ah, oh, thing over there, thing over yeah. there. Yeah. And it's like happening in conversation now. You'd be like, <laughs> I thought this was building up to something interesting. And that person would just said, uh, you know, oh, my, my, my neighbor's dog got sick. You know, what? Yeah. I mean, why, how are we talking about this? It's, it's really bizarre. <laughs> and so uh, that's why like people are just 
testing you all the time. Like how sustained can you be with this information? Um, So, okay, number one is what is it? Mm -hmm. Number two is, uh, again, seems like really obvious, but gets overlooked all the time. Who are you, right? Mm -hmm. So if you've told me what it is and I'm going, aha, that is something I need indeed, then I want to know, all right, now who who are you and why should I trust you Yep. To, to be the one to provide this to me, right? Yep. And then, you know, uh, Ash, we talked about the 60-second sales hook on, on the last show. That's a great formula mm-hmm. to, to use to fill in that who are you part. It, yep. Identity, struggle, discovery, result. You could use that. Or it could be as simple as, you know, I'm a, I'm a blank, uh, I'm a former blank turned blank. Mm-hmm. Because in marketing and product creation, most of us, a lot of times it's our second career, right? Or, you know, so you could be like a, um, you could be, I'm a former, I'm a former uh, Marine turned fitness instructor. Mm-hmm. And you go, okay, now he's not just another fitness instructor. This guy's serious. He's been in the trenches, right? For me, I'm a former stand-up comic turned copywriter. Mm-hmm. You go, wow, that's interesting. So he obviously, you know, uses those tactics and that experience. Uh, Ash, what did, how would you describe what you do now? I'm a former financial analyst and strategist turned online business growth expert. Perfect. Boom. Like that's simple, right? That just told me so much about you. Like I have this context now for who you are and all these ways that we can relate to each other. Mm -hmm. So you used to be in finance, you know, that's a specialty and I'm going to go, oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, my, my, my uncle Larry's in finance or yeah. oh, I've been, you know, I have this question about finance and you might start talking about that or they may want to talk about immediately what you're doing now, but it just gives you this whole context about who you are. And again, in one little sentence. And, and so the idea is that how succinctly can we use some interesting detail of our lives to make people see us in the way in a more dynamic way than just this flat image, right? Yep. Okay, so what is it? Who are you? And now here's where it starts to get a little uh, a little meaty here. Mm-hmm. Um, number three is, um, why can't I live without it? Huh? Okay. So, so we're raising the stakes a little bit here because uh, you might just say, well, here's, here's what I've got, right? Here's, I, I've got this, I've told you what it is, told you who I am, and here's some reasons that you might, you might enjoy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not enough. It has to be more dramatic than that. So if you, that's why I pose it, the question this way. Why can't I live without it? Because that's really what people are asking. If you're going to hold my attention, tell me why I'm crazy not to own this right now. Right. That's the open loop is going, okay, sounds cool. Yeah, that is probably something you need, but is it important? to me right now, right? So Kevin, is that a good opportunity for a person to say, this is what you would miss out on if you didn't have this product? Yes, very good. You're you're a smart one, Ash. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and that's exactly the thing. And and so the way I frame this out is like, I I call it, we have the scale of severity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And and I I have three categories, red alert, yellow light, green light. And uh, like a red alert thing is like, a lot of credentials don't matter as much. This is like you're rushed to the emergency room or you wake up and there's a, a divorce letter from your spouse on the bed. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, holy crap, I need a counselor. I need an attorney. I didn't yeah. expect this. Like red alert. And you're just 
picking and choosing or you're calling people like, who do you know yeah. who can help you, right? Not a whole lot of comparisons made there. Uh, yellow light is where most of us live. It's mm. like this, this warning thing is there and like a life can go on uninterrupted mm-hmm. uh, it, with this sort of condition, yeah. but we really would like to find a solution to it. We're talking about weight loss. Mm-hmm. We're talking about something you and I know nothing about, like thinning hair. <laughs> <laughs> we're, 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 we're talking about, uh, you know, things, <laughs> how most info products are sold, right? Yeah. A, a better way to do this or a way that, you know, because of this reason might finally give you the the result that's eluded you, although you've tried other things. Yeah. Um, and then green light is like, I w- wasn't even on my radar, but now that I've heard about it, I'm in. Yeah. A great example of that is like Dollar Shave Club, right? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know how annoyed I was at paying so much for razors until somebody went, why are you putting up with that? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I had no choice. Yeah. And then they go, how about we give you a kick-ass razor for a buck uh, a month? You know, many, and you're going, yes, of course, I'll at least try them. So suddenly they've created a desire where, where there probably wasn't a problem to be solved. Mm-hmm. So those are the ca- categories. And, and you're right, Ash, in that yellow light you know, section there is where most of us ha- create products because we know it's going to solve a problem for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we have to introduce the problem, explain it in a way that helps them understand it even better. And then they instinctively believe that we're the kind of person who can solve it for them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, yeah, so that, that's how you do, why can't I live without it? And then you also can frame it in the, uh, context of, you know, what is it costing you to not have it, to right. continue on this way, uh, in this like sort of suffering that I've now brought to the surface, right? Yes. Um, you know, you feel stuck in this job. You'd really love to become independent and make more money, but you think you can't do it for these reasons. But mm-hmm. what if I told you in reality, you didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. It was really these three steps that could help you, uh, get started while you're still at your job, but you wouldn't feel as tortured by getting up and going to work every day because you'd know at least there's a path out. Yeah. You're starting to make some money for yourself. You know what that is? That's Ramit Sadie's earn 1K on the side or whatever yeah. it is, right? I mean, that's the proposition there. And it's, you're like, oh my God, finally, like I don't have to yeah. go all in on something. I can actually start slow and, and figure this out as I go. Mm-hmm. Or another one would be going to a business and saying, if you're not spending $500 a month on Facebook advertising instead of spending it on yellow pages, which is getting very little in results, you are possibly losing out on $2,000 a month worth of business. So you are right now hurting yourself mm. by losing $2,000 a month plus spending 500 bucks on yellow pages ads, which is not getting you much in the way of results. Very good. Perfect. Exactly right. I mean, that so that you've done the math and you've shown them. And that's like partly logic and partly emotional because now yeah. you feel like oh, I'm kind of an idiot if I keep going along with this open wound right. that you've now shown me that I didn't know existed, right? Exactly. Yeah, really good. Okay. And then so now the fourth essential fact, again, the open loop that if you don't close it, people probably, they're just not going to take action mm-hmm. is when can I expect results? Uh-huh. Like now we instinctively want a time frame. How long is this going to take? What am I in for? What are we doing? The simplest idea 
that that proves this 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 psychological little tactic here is the most popular content online you know the clickbait that you see everywhere you notice it's always a number right it's like mm-hmm. eight celebrities you never yes. would have thought are related you know or something and when i look at my own content the things that get shared the most it's you know five things that do this or seven ways to mm-hmm. and the reason, part of the reason that's so popular is because we know what we're in for. Yeah. We go, okay, it's five things or it's seven reasons. And you go, you, immediately your mind puts that in some context to go, all right, I, I got time for that. I at mm-hmm. least want to scroll through and see what these 13 things are or whatever, yeah. you know? And so it's, it's sort of the same here. But again, it's an opportunity not only to close the loop, but to, but to build up a lot of value for people. So when you say, you know, when can I expect results? Um, you just have to think through your product. And some people might be saying, well, you know, I don't, I don't know because I don't know how quickly they're going to use it or, mm-hmm. you know, say it's an info product. So again, in my case of, of a copy chief, mm-hmm. uh, I will say to people, you know, it's a community and they can go at their own pace and there's a lot of training and stuff in there. And so I could say, well, I have no idea how long it'll take you to get a result. Cause I don't know how often you're going to log right. in and all that. But then I'm, I'm not closing the loop for people. Yeah. So what I might do is say, here's what you could do in the first 10 days you're in copy chief or 30 days. Right. And then I list out all these things and say, now, if you did even half of these things, let's see how that might increase your revenue or or just how much better would your messaging be? And suddenly whether or not that's, exactly what they're looking for they have some context of what's going to happen once i join this place right mm-hmm. so thinking about time frames uh, when can i expect results if they don't seem obvious create them there's another thing i'm hearing as well kevin and that is mm-hmm. not just time frame but you're also helping them with quantification you're saying this is what you could achieve in actual hard numerical outcomes provided you put in the effort that's implied in what you're saying exactly right it's like it's it's here for you but you've got to do your part yeah you know i i've done the hard work of making sure i'm only giving you proven tactics and strategies but if you know um it's it's a, it's a shared exchange here you come in and, and show up and let me do the rest and i promise you'll get results but yeah you gotta like log in and 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 watch some videos and do fill out some templates and then mm. post stuff up. It's pretty simple, but if you don't do any of it, that's what the famous Frank Kern says all the time, right? Talk about transparency. Uh, Frank Kern's done an amazing job of, you know, like he doesn't ever want to visit with federal agencies again, right? <laughs> so, you know, the way to avoid ever having to visit with federal agents is to make it abundantly clear that you're not making any claim that you could make someone money. And yeah. so a lot of people will, well, how can I, how fine a print can I put that in? Or how small a, 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 a font could we use? And can we bury that in the terms and conditions? Yeah. Frank's like, listen, before I tell you anything about this, let me be 100% clear that it is most likely that you'll make no money with this. <laughs> right. You know, like, because most people do nothing with it. That's just the law of nature. I don't know why I try to do my best to help them, but a lot of people just take no action. So I can't say that you'll make a dime using this. Most likely you won't. Now, 
But if you're the kind of person who does take action and you're interested in hearing about this, let me tell you all about it. And you're just like, wow, that is so honest. The trust factor goes way up. His conversions are higher because he's so transparent about that fact. Right. He originally did it because he's like, no matter what, the thing I care more about money in the sale is not going to jail. <laughs> so I'm going to be <laughs> wicked transparent about this. And like the shocker was, holy crap, it actually increased his conversions because people were going, wow, if this guy's that honest about it's on me to get results, I'm sure the rest of the stuff must be honest and work too, right? Absolutely. You know, Danny Innie did something similar. He said to his subscribers, look, if you're not happy with my content, here's the mm -hmm. unsubscribe link. I won't even put it at the bottom of the email. It's right here. Unsubscribe. And he found his subscriptions went up. I think that was a conversation that you had with him. He did talk about that on, on my podcast. Yeah. Yes. I think the subject line of the email was, please unsubscribe. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Exactly. I love that. You know, it's like brilliant because, and that's the thing is like, and again, what's he doing? Like he, he's bonding with people who have information overwhelm because he's yeah. going, if you're just somebody, if I'm just another digital annoyance in your, in your like, uh, inbox, like, let's just end this. This is not working out the way I intended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not for you. You're not for me. Let's please unsubscribe. And interestingly, he found that a lot of people actually that weren't reading his content went, whoa, this guy's asking me to unsubscribe. And they started actually reading the content and engaging yeah. with it. That's the thing, like that takeaway selling of, you know, hey, I, I don't, you know, it's it's here if you want it, but it doesn't, doesn't affect me. You know, yeah. it's it's really interesting. Yeah. Okay, so let's recap on those four points. So what is it? In a simple phrase, you do the product description, your customer, the benefit, and the unique feature. Mm -hmm. The second point is who are you? Mm -hmm. The audience needs to know why should they listen to you? What qualifies you? What makes you so special? Point number three is why can't I live without it? What is yeah. it going to, how is it going to hurt me if I don't buy this product? And yeah. number four is when can I expect results? And Possibly, what exact results can I realistically expect if I put in the work? Exactly right. Yeah. And when you've answered those four things, so now you've closed the, the, this loop. And in the process, the beauty of it is you, you've heard of USP, your unique selling proposition, right? Yep. So you've basically given people your USP through closing these four loops because now you've answered the question, why should I buy it from you instead of someone else? Yeah. Right. You, you've, you've shown them how clearly you understand the subject. You've exposed the pain points that they have. You've told them a little bit of your story so that they feel like they can relate to you. And you've been honest about how long it'll take them to get results. And they're going, why would I go look for somebody else who has this right now? This is this guy's really telling, telling it to me like it is. Right. So those are the four key things that you should think about when you're creating a sales letter or even creating a sales pitch. Now, Kevin, do you feel comfortable chatting about some situations in businesses where they applied some of these principles? It could even be the 67 sales, 60 second sales hook and how they were able to convert more browsers into buyers as a result of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. I could tell you um, in this 60 second sales hook is a great one for that because you know, I've had thousands of people send these to me and craft them and make them into videos and do all these things. And um, it's easy to get it wrong if you don't let it be simple. Right? Again, mm -hmm. this is all kind of about simplifying things and transparency. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, let me give you an example of someone who I love this example because it was an Etsy store. Yeah. And so talk about real mom and pop simple stuff, but a lot of competition. Like on Etsy, there's probably three or four other vendors or, or, or maybe hundreds selling something similar to you. Like how do you how do you win a customer in that environment, right? Yeah. And so this guy had an Etsy store, and um, uh, let's see, he had uh, it was called Ye, <laughs> Ye Old Digital Prints, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, and again, it's kind of a commodity, right? Um, so his was original was Hi, I'm David, the creator of Ye Old Digital Prints. When I discovered Etsy, it felt like home, being able to create and connect with other crafters. The problem, though, was what do I create and sell from my own Etsy shop? Uh, browsing around Etsy, I stumbled across various sellers of digital items and instant downloads serving scrapbookers, paper credit, and he goes on and on. More specifically, some were selling vintage images like old maps, photos, and book illustrations, one of my own passions. Uh, that gave me the inspiration for Yield Digital Prints, where I provide digitized vintage prints in formats suitable for scrapbookers. That's a good what is it right there paper crafters, digital artists, jewelry makers, and various other crafts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was his original. And um, uh, so then um, my rewrite was um, just like making it a little more interesting, giving more detail, right? right. And, and again, in the context of who are you and why can people relate to you? Mm-hmm. So my rewrite was, was and I noticed that like just cutting out all the fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hi, I'm David, a 37-year-old digital print nerd from a wee corner of Scotland. <laughs> for, a, for a long time, I struggled to work out how to transform old vintage prints into something suitable that crafters could use in their projects. Then I discovered a whole new world of scrapbooking templates and digital creation techniques that has opened up many new opportunities. Now I have the ability to transform old vintage prints into inspiring and useful digital craft supplies that are used by scrapbookers, paper crafters, jewelry makers, and many others. So if you're looking for inspiration for your next crafting project or product, come check out EO Digital Prints and discover new inspiration or contact me about custom options. Right. So you've touched on so many of those points. Yeah, because his identity before was just some guy who was wandering around Etsy and it's kind of like, all right, do I need to know all this? Like if people are just and again, you said it, Ash, attention is the currency, right? Yeah. So they're going, I'll give you 30 seconds here. And he's going, hey, look, I'm this guy from Scotland. Uh, the problem was the same problem you have. How do I transform old vintage prints into something suitable mm-hmm. for better use for crafters, right? Mm-hmm. And if that's what you're looking for, you're like, this guy gets it. He struggled to find it. Like, maybe, what's his solution? And now they're in. So that's just a short example of, that number two, who are you, how to make it dynamic. I was just going to say that. Yeah. You know, he's explained what it is. He's talked a little bit about who he is. We've done a little bit of point three as to why they can't live without it, but we haven't dug really deep into that. And the when can I expect results, we didn't put a lot of that into that particular copy. Right, because this was just the the 60-second sales hook, really. So in some sense, this would fit right into just that number two. But Again, like how easy would it be to add the other two, right? Like, yeah. why can't I live without it? Is because you know it's kind of inherent in somebody looking for this, right? It's a yeah. very specialized skill. So he could say, you know, if if you've tried other vendors in the past, 
you know that uh, it, it can be X, X, and X. Or if you try doing it home, you know that what seemed like a simple task could take up three days and cost you $120, right, yeah. in supplies. Uh, so that's why you're like, yes, I'm not going through that again. And then how long can I expect results? Because like, if you send me your original um, piece, it'll take me, you know, uh, 10 days to digitize it and get it back to you exactly how, how I promised or whatever. Right. Okay. So he could easily put that, put the frame on there, uh, and have kind of, and at least close all those loops. And in a situation where Etsy, where it's just a really simple, Hey, here's what I got. People are browsing around. They kind of know what they're looking for when they get there. That'd be a great little sales pitch for him. And you made a really good point, And that is that the 60 second sales hook relate specifically to point number two, which is what we are talking about in this example. Right. Uh, and that is, you know, who are you? So that's a great point. Okay, so let's move into the challenges section. What are the biggest challenges you've seen business owners face when it comes to creating effective sales copy for their business? Uh, I think overdoing it, you know, in okay. a nutshell. It, 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 it's the biggest mistake they make. It, it's just overdoing it and thinking, Oh God, this has to be so elaborate or this has to be big and, and, uh, or, uh, kind of rambling on about things that don't really move the sale. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, just in this simple example, this guy, uh, David, you know, got my formula, understood it, but the things he was focusing on, I don't want to say they were, because we talked about transparency, but they were kind of wandering down side roads that just weren't that interesting. Right. Yeah. You think of it like I'm, you have to guide somebody somewhere and have them confidently follow you there, right? Yeah. So if somebody is lost and has a problem and you know you can solve it for them, uh, you wouldn't go and they go, oh, you know, where, where, do we, where do we find this place? And you're going, uh, I think it's down here. Yeah. I don't know. You know what? Let's just try down here. And if it's not, we'll circle yeah. back. And they're going, yeah. oh, God. <laughs> exactly. You, know, you go, oh, I know exactly where that is. Follow me. Let's go. And on the way, oh, look at this interesting thing. And where are you from? And you're having, and then suddenly it's like they have a new best friend and they look up and they're at exactly the place they hope to get. You know, it's that's the difference. And if you just think about it, of how quickly can I get them from point A to point B to the promised land and fill in all the details, close the loops along the way and not waste any words? Yeah, now, we need to think about, and again, I talked about how the formula is not that different. How we communicate is different. Yes. So you got to be honest, get right to the point and get out all the fluff, you know, just like any good book, uh, a poem, a, a, a movie, um, a TV show. There's, there's not a wasted word. If you watch a sitcom, let's say it's 22 minutes of entertainment, right? And every word that's being spoken is setting up a laugh yep. somewhere in the show. Yeah. And every other word gets cut for time. Think yep. of it as that same proposition. You go, does this need to be said? Is this sentence compelling them to read the next sentence and so on? And, and you know, judge it by that and you'll be a lot better off. You know, Kevin, what I'm hearing through this whole conversation is the biggest enemy of successful sales copy is vagueness and obscurity, and the best mm. friend of good sales copy is specificity and conciseness. Mm. I would say that's accurate. And urgency. Urgency would... Urgency. One thing I would add to that. Okay, that's, a, that's yeah. another great one. Excellent. Mm. Okay, so 
let's move into the actions section, which is one of my favorite bits. So I'm going to try and have a go at some of the actions that I believe listeners can take away from this. And you tell me if uh, there's something else that you'd like to add to that. The first thing is definitely check out the podcast with Kevin Rogers, episode nine, where we talked about the 60 second sales hook. Definitely check out Kevin's podcast series called Copy Chief. Copy Chief, is that right? No, that's the truth. The truth about marketing. Okay, so definitely check out the truth about marketing, which is Kevin's podcast. If you can hire a copywriter, if you can afford one, I recommend definitely hire one. But if you can't, then consider joining Copy Chief because that I have been a member of that and. It's a really good place if you have the time to develop your copywriting skills, if you have that inclination. Now, all that said, the four key things that has to be present in an effective sales communication is what is it? Talk about what exactly you're selling, the product description, the customer that it's supposed to be designed for, the benefit that it offers and the unique feature that it brings to the table. Explain who you are and why that person should listen to you. Why the customer can't live without it. That's point number three. So point number two is who you are. Point number three is why they can't live without it. And point number four is when can they expect results? And here you want to be as specific and as clear and concise as you can. So if you buy the product, you can expect results in this period of time, in three months, six months, and this is the best outcome you can possibly have. And worst case scenario, this is what you can expect to see. Good stuff. You got it, brother. Any any other actions that you think that a listener can take away from this conversation? Um, I think if if they're you know struggling with copy and know they need better copy, um, they should at least learn the, be enough to be able to tell the difference between good and bad. Yeah, you know, right? Hiring a copywriter is is a great idea. It's a great thing to outsource, but just understand that if you do want to hire a copywriter, it's it's an, it's a relationship. It, it, yeah. it really isn't a vendor scenario where you're going, I just need somebody to do this typing for me. Uh, a good copywriter is going to have a lot of questions for you. And that's a valuable thing. It's like a hidden bonus of, of the transaction of the exchange because answering those questions for them uh, is going to really bring you closer to the value that you're presenting to people. So you'll be a better represent, representative of your own product by working with a good copywriter and then discovering what's great about it, right? That is so true, Kevin. I've got to agree with you there, man. A good copywriter helps you bring to the surface the core message your business is trying to sell. And from my experience, good copywriters understand business and understand marketing in a broader sense. So if a copywriter isn't asking you these questions, that's such a great takeaway. If you go to hire a copywriter, make sure that they are genuinely interested in your business. They're asking you, where do you want to be in five years? Where is your business headed? Where did you start? Where did you come from? Tell me your story. They shouldn't just be going, okay, you know, do you want this piece of copy done? Yeah, I'll do it in five days and give it back to you. I mean, that's a shitty copywriter. <laughs> exactly right. That's a vendor copywriter who's just going, you know, they're, it's vo- they're working in volume, totally yeah. trading hours for dollars, no expertise, no passion. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. They, they, you'll feel like, wow, I've got like a new best friend, you know, uh, through this process because yeah. they're so interested in what I do. And you'll get re re enthused. My job is a cop. Once I'm hired, is like I want to fall in love with this product, this person's story of how did they get here? Why did they create this? Why did they start this company? And very often, 
uh, you know, I'm fortunate to be in a position now where I, that's, I only work with people that I know I can get excited about. Right. Yeah. But then once we do get on the phone, it's like this great conversation. We're laughing, we're telling stories and it, it's like this blossoming, this new awakening of, of, wow, that is why I did this. Yeah. And that to me is like, when I, when that moment happens, I know this copy is going to be great because I can bring their passion, their energy, their story onto the page, into the video. And that comes across the other side of the screen. Without that, it just it's it's a logical proposition instead of an emotional one. And, and that's probably the biggest difference in why people buy enthusiastically. They need to feel some emotion behind it. That is such a valuable takeaway. If there's nothing else the listeners take away from this podcast, I think it should be about at least get, being able to identify someone who's a good copywriter and tell the difference between a, a crappy one and a good one. Okay, so what books have had the biggest impact on you, Kevin, and why do you think they've been so important to you? Mm, that's a good question. Um, well, when I, was, uh, when I was 19, it was No One Here Gets Out Alive, the, the, the biography of Jim Morrison. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, you know, if we're talking business books, uh, you know, mindset stuff, um, a really, if, if you're, if you like writing and you, and you like writing tactics, yeah. one of my favorite authors is a guy named Roy Peter Clark. Okay. And I have the privilege of living in the same town as him. And, uh, he taught me when I took some journalism classes here at the local university and I see him at the coffee shop now. And I'm always like geeking, like, oh, that's Roy Peter Clark. I'm sure I'm the only person in the room who feels like he's a celebrity. But uh, he's got a great series of books. The first one, my favorite, called Writing Tools, 50 yeah. Writing Tools. His brand new one's called um, a Help Help That Writers Need or, or, or something like that. Brand new, really cool. It's like 210 problems to, the, the, uh, solutions to the problems every writer faces. Um, those are great ones. In, in in one of the most influential books on me as a as a copywriter, uh, and really as a communicator, is a book called "Resonate" by Nancy Duarte. Okay, uh, she she is a a, a a speech expert, and she has studied. I want to say something crazy like a hundred thousand speeches. Wow! And she came up with a pattern to why the best, most you know. Um, well-regarded and, and action-creating speeches in history have this pattern from Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream to Steve Jobs's iPhone yeah. introduction. And it essentially goes like this. Here's how life is. Here's how life could be. And it and it's almost like a back and forth thing, you know. Yeah. And when you when, to me that was such a big deal to realize and see these examples of because I go, that's the tension that every piece of communication needs to be interesting. Right. You, you you have to talk about here's the struggle, here's where we all are, here's what's possible when you know this. But if you don't do it just right, you could be back here and like right. you know you think about any good so constantly emphasizing that gap yes right like staying in the gap and like it's like any good movie there has to be some tension and some peril right yeah, yeah. you know what makes what makes you root for somebody is you understand their core desire and then they you know there's all these obstacles in their way and you're rooting for them to get past these obstacles right right and it's the same thing with a sales letter or a quick video you make uh, if you think about that pattern you're basically letting people know here's how life is but here's how life could be. Go up and down a few times and people won't be able to look away. 
Cool. Awesome. Well, that sounds really interesting. I've got to check that out. Now, how do listeners get in contact with you if they want to find out more or find out more about you generally? Yeah, copychief.com. Cool. Yeah, that's the place. There's a you can you could message me right from the homepage there. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll learn all about the community. Tons of free content. Really proud of the content we produce. We have a, a, a new article every week. All kinds of stuff about story, how to create your USP. Um, we just did a great series on how the UFC, how to sell like the UFC uh, and how to create your, <laughs> your unique selling proposition and, and how they do it. Really cool stuff. So yeah, I think you'll just come to copychief.com and, and you'll get, you can download the 60 second sales hook for free right there and yep. all kinds of cool stuff. It's a, it's a, I can definitely say it's a wonderful community and it's a great way to learn copywriting and to get supported in, mm. you know, endeavors of the, if you're so inclined and if you have the time to really develop your copywriting skills, definitely, definitely check it out. And no, Kevin is not giving me any kind of a payment for saying this. <laughs> this I'm saying this off my own accord because I genuinely feel that it's a great resource. So thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much for being on the show. I'll include in the show notes all the links to Copy Chief, to the books that you mentioned, everything. I'd love to have you back again. I love it, man. I always enjoy my time. You're a very smart cat. And uh, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me back. Thanks, man. Take care. So there you have it, an excellent episode with Kevin Rogers, the founder of CopyChief.com. We touched on some great points, but the thing that really stood out for me the most is that attention is the new currency online. If you can't get your prospect's attention, you cannot make the sale. Another thing that really struck me was the four things that you must have for a good sales letter. Now, if you found this podcast useful, definitely check out episode nine, which was the first one I did with Kevin Rogers called Blind Man Driving, where we had some great discussions around copywriting. Episode number 19 called Web Design Secrets with Greg Merrilies, where we talk about how to design a good quality website which is another very important part of selling. Then there's episode 47, Web Copywriting with Demian Farnworth. That was an excellent episode about copywriting and how to write good quality content on your website. And the other one we mentioned was episode number 54 with Mackenzie Fogelson, founder of MacWeb, where we talked about the three key steps to community building online. As always, I'm going to include all the links in the show notes. Do head over to ProductiveInsights.com and subscribe for regular updates on blog posts and podcasts delivered straight to your inbox. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today?